middle-aged gamers today you are back with the original middle-aged gaming crew it's the Adam today which is wonderful because i do enjoy the duo show as opposed to the trio show sometimes but we miss antoine he is unfortunately sick and it is that time of the year no matter if you're living in the northern or southern hemisphere the seasons are changing spring and then whatever the opposite of spring is fall in the southern hemisphere but yeah please be safe covid is still around New season is still around, so make sure you keep it safe. My co-worker of mine was recently sick. Yep. Today, we've got lots of game news. It might seem like a slow gaming season, but there's so much going on. It's so expansive. And you hear me talk about things I usually don't talk about. And Adam's going to talk about some things that I guess he doesn't usually talk about. But let's jump straight into Adam's first story. You don't want to miss it. Adam, tell us about Honkai Star Rail. Honkai Star Rail. Honkai Star Rail. Yeah, okay, so Honkai Star Rail actually comes out today. So it's been trending. Apparently this was hitting topping charts when it was announced, or maybe maybe not announced, but yesterday or the day before. So the game hadn't even come out yet, and it was already topping gaming charts for just interest or whatever. Yeah, this game is coming out today. This is a sequel to Honkai... Was it Honkai Impact 3rd? But not directly. But they're basically, if you've played... Genshin Impact, then this game is might be the game for you. Genshin Impact is a little more of an action-oriented game. This is more of an RPG, so this is actually going to have turn-based combat, so if you're more into that, then you're going to be able to do that. But basically, in the original Honkai Star Rail 3rd, apparently there's one character who goes through some sort of dimensional warp, ends up in a different universe, and that's this universe. So that character is here. He's one of the main characters, but he's not the main character, so it doesn't really tie in that much. It's basically just only his backstory that has any kind of relevance to the previous game. So if you haven't played the previous game, you might appreciate that character a little bit more, but the game overall, you're not going to see too much of a difference on. So basically, what's happening here, it is still a gacha game. What you're going to do is you can do what they call warps, which are basically the banners. You can spend currency or whatever and get unlock new characters or now they're not weapons. They're called, I believe they're called star cones. Let me double check my notes here. So they are called uh, light cones. I'm sorry. They're called light cones. Basically these act as your weapons. So what you're going to be doing is you're equipping them on your character, but because characters here have set weapons, for example, one character might use a bow. One character might use, say, a guitar. In Genshin Impact, the weapons have classes, so you have heavy sword, light sword, spear, bow, that sort of thing. So weapons can be equipped across multiple characters. Here, each character's weapon is personalized to them. So having, if you rolled and got a weapon that your character can't equip, then that would be a problem. So instead, what they've done is they've had these light cones. You equip those on your character, and basically it augments their attack. So these are functionally the weapon accessory. But in-game, they're still going to use their bow or whatever. So you get these from Gacha. You can also get new characters from Gacha. The seven elements return. You have physical, fire, ice, lightning, wind, imaginary, and quantum. And basically, when you get into battle, if you have an enemy that is weak to a certain element, you use that element, and you're going to be doing bonus damage to that enemy. Also, your characters have elements themselves, so I would assume that your characters will take more damage from those elements, but... I don't know. I haven't seen anything on that confirms that or not. What's also going to be different from Engine Impact is characters now have Ascension Trees. 
which are fairly limited, but in Genshin Impact, when you want your character to level up, basically you can ascend them by giving them certain items, bringing their levels up, and this will give them certain bonuses or perks that they unlock as they basically reach higher tiers of themselves. Now, in this game, there are some trees. Basically, you hit a level and there might be like three options. So you can actually customize your character a little bit more, not a whole lot, but a little bit more. So there is a little more character customization in that regard. They also have what are called paths. And paths are what we would consider your traditional character classes. There are 14 current paths. I won't list them all out here. But basically there are things like one path, basically this character is a healer. So they're going to be focused on healing your party. Another one might be defensive based. Another one might be based on buffing or debuffing or attacking a single target or attacking AOEs, attacking the group. So you're going to want to set up your party to have characters that are going to be able to work together to basically attack, defend, heal, that sort of thing. And characters are also getting a, I think, I believe it's called an active passive or something like that. But basically what happens is when you enter a battle with somebody, because you're running around, you see an enemy on the map, you run into the enemy, you smack the enemy, and then now you're in a fight. If you use your character's, whatever this ability is, active, passive, I think, then basically this will have an impact on the beginning of combat. For example, one character, if you start a combat with her, it's going to cause the enemies to start off the fight frozen. So they're going to have that status effect on them. So, you know, which character you initiate fights with will impact basically how the fight starts, which, of course, could lead into other things. So, yeah, if you're a really big fan of either Honkai Star Rail, sorry, Honkai Impact or Genshin Impact, then this is definitely a game to check out. It's completely free. You can play the entire story for free. So if you're just looking for an RPG, great option. You won't, it, it does have gotcha elements, so if there are certain characters you want or that sort of thing, you do have to roll on them and there are loot boxes. But if you're just looking for the story, then yeah, go ahead and check it out. And uh, yeah, and it will be available. It is available currently on Windows, Android, and Apple, and it will be coming to PlayStation soon, but there is no official date yet. Interesting. As soon as I was like, oh, I saw the Hoyoverse, I'm like, oh, yes, it's the Genshin Impact developers game. I remember now. Yep. A Honkai Star Rail, is it like a, an established, like a anime IP or something like that? Or is this just their new IP? It's their IP. Uh, there's no anime associated with it. It's just their game. So they had, like I said, they had Honkai Impact and a Honkai Impact 3rd. I don't know if there's a, two different games or the same game. But yeah, so they had, they have had previous games. But this is, in a sense, it's going to be like a Final Fantasy where it's the same franchise, but it's a different universe, so there aren't ties between them, with the exception of that one character, but that's all in his backstory. It has nothing to do with the story of this game. So both of these IPs, Genshin Impact and Honkai Rail, are just basically new IPs that the Mihoyo company came up with. Yeah, it's, it's their own original IP. And it is worth noting that there are characters in the game that actually look and are named the same as characters from their other games. But because it's an alternate universe, it's basically an alternate version of that person. So it isn't the same character. It's a different person. They just happen to look the same and have the exact same name. But they won't share any memories or anything like that. Are you going to give this a try? 
You might. This is one of those things where I played Genshin Impact when it first came out, and I did enjoy it, but there was just so much else to play that I just kind of put it on the back burner for a while because of these kind of gotcha elements where it's kind of, okay, I felt like I had to log in every day and do the dailies just to earn points so that I could get currency that I could spend to drop on loot boxes, but I had to wait for a banner that I liked. And because of that, and then also, too, I played basically the when it first came out and they've been adding story to it as it's gone so when i basically hit a certain point i was like okay i'm done i'll just wait for the next patch to come out but then by the time the next patch got, came out i was involved in other things and i just never went back a while ago i guess last year i decided all right i'm gonna hop back in real quick because we were looking at what should i stream so i was like maybe i should stream this and i hop back in and it had been so long that I was like, I don't remember any of these mechanics. I don't remember how any of this works. I would almost rather start over from the beginning at this point. I'd almost rather erase my data and start from the beginning because I'm in the middle of it and I don't really remember how any of this works. So this is one of those things where if I didn't have so much on my plate right now, I would definitely give this a shot. I would definitely give it a look. But because I already have so many things in my backlog that... And because it's free, I'm not incentivized to do it right now because if it's the kind of game where if I pay for it, I'm like, I'm paid for this. I'm going to play this now. I'm going to jump the queue with it. As a free game, I'm like, oh, like I can just put it in my backlog and whatever. I don't feel, I don't know, because I didn't spend money on it, I don't feel so incentivized to jump on it right now. But also too, I don't know if, I'm assuming it's going to be like Genshin Impact where they're going to be adding story as they go. And again, that would be for me, another reason to personally wait and just and I can knock out as much of it as I can in one go. So I'm not going to be picking this up right now, but it is something I'm going to have my eye on in case I ever get to a point in my backlog where I'm like, okay, I don't really feel like I have something that I'm really wanting to do. And this will be an option. That makes sense. And I think a lot of these sort of free to play games, I remember growing up the idea of gaming and games and acquiring games was a bit different, but as you get older, you you move away from free-to-play stuff. I think no matter what, just because the collection just builds and builds and builds and builds. So this is not that we are not the target audience, but it's still for some people, this might be a thing for them. So yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed near, not near replicant, near reincarnation. Oh. That was the mobile game. I have it on my phone still, but, and then I would log in every day and I would get the points. And when I started off, I was going through the story really quickly, but then over time it became, oh, I don't have a lot of time. I'll just log in and do the dailies and not do the story because I'm, I'm only, it's a mobile game. It's a free to play game. I'm not investing a lot of time in it. I'd rather sit down, you know, my style, right? I would rather sit down and play a long-term game. So because of that, I noticed that I hit a point in the story and I was like, I haven't progressed in the story for months. I've logged in every day and I've done these dailies, but I haven't actually progressed in the story for months. And then it was just kind of, I'm, what am I getting out of this? I'm just unlocking new characters that I don't use. So then I was like, okay, started letting it slide and then it would go for weeks where I didn't play. And then you know, it goes for like a month where I didn't play. So a lot of time, these styles of games I do put down and then don't come back. And again... Yeah, because it's one of those free-to-play games that's constantly getting updates. I don't really... I'm a completionist, but because I can't complete it, then I move on. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. 
Nice. Let's move on to my story. First story, which is Cult of the Lamb. So you probably heard about this. This is not a new game. This came out last year sometime, I believe. Why I'm mentioning this is because I picked this up on the Switch sale, which is currently ongoing. It is April 26th here in Taiwan. So it's the 25th for those of you in the States. The sale on the Switch, and this might be on sale on other platforms. I'm not 100% sure, but I got this on the Switch. The regular priced game, if I'm not mistaken, is... It is a $25 game on the US Switch Store. It is currently on sale for $16.24. So just remember, even if you're not in the States, but you use the US Store, you still pay US sales tax on Switch games. So it's not just $16.24. Sometimes when I pick up games, I get caught up by the fact that, oh yeah, because in Taiwan, the sales tax is included in the price of the game on Steam anyway, and on Epic, I think as well. But yeah, so yeah. On sale, fantastic game, really fun. This is more in the line of people, I think you guys would have known I played Hades, right? Hades was the first like roguelike kind of semi-2D, 3D platformer I played. And the Lamb, really well celebrated. Cult of the Lamb casts you, right, in the role of a possessed lamb. And you save from annihilation by an ominous stranger must repay their debt by building a loyal following in his name. So you start your own lamb cult and you go around killing stuff. That's pretty much it. Dungeon crawling, magical abilities, heavy attacks, light attacks, different weapons, dying and re-upgrading yourself again. Playing Aerospace 2 right now, so I'm not sure how, I, if I will want to play a second roguelike right after this. But yeah, it's fun. It's on a great deal and apparently lots of you are searching about it. So yeah. If you are a Switch owner, you have been waiting for this to drop down in price. I've been waiting for this to drop down in price since it came out. Just because I know like it wouldn't, like I've disconnected my Switch. I've turned off the main TV in the other room over there just because I know I play Everspace at the moment. I might play something else from Microsoft Game Pass. But yeah, I'm going to sneeze. Are you sneezing everyone? Yes. But yeah, so like I don't foresee myself playing this anytime soon. Going back to Adam's point of you pay for something you might be incentivized to play it and that for me works in if i'm buying like a new game like i'm playing full price like 50 60 70 dollars for a game yep then i'll definitely play it when it comes out but for this no i think when i'm back in the mood to play on the switch again i think i'll have a look at this but i wanted to highlight today because it is a really great deal for a really good game and again you guys know i love really cool art and this cartoony style art it runs well on the switch as well yep pick it up if you listen to this on the podcast, if you're watching the live stream, if you're watching the YouTube video, pick it up. It's definitely well worth it. I would also say follow Calls of the Lamb on Twitter. I have absolutely loved the rivalry they are ha having with Agro Crab. Uh, Agro Crab. Agro Crab is the developer that did Going Under, and they are going to be doing a releasing a new game called Another Crab's Treasure. But Fault of the Lamb w was on Twitter, and then I don't remember what they did, but they did this thing where they were, I guess they went after Angry Birds or something like that, and then Angry Birds started responding to them, so they were having doing this thing back and forth, and then Agrocraft came out, and they were like, where's my love? And then, so Cult of the Lamb started doing this thing with Agrocrab, and they would release pictures of the lamb and the crab, and they're like in a romantic relationship, and then later on they would release like, <laughs> the lamb and the bird from Angry Birds in a relationship. And they're like, hey, baby, every it's all love in my cult, right? And they're doing all this. And and then recently, the Agro Crab Twitter 
changed their name from Agro Crab to Call to the Lamb, and they were like, "Yes, I am totally Call to the Lamb. Play my game. It's amazing." And so that's cool. And they were like pretending to be, yeah, and then every, they were acting really suspicious. But of course, the Twitter handle still says at Agro Crab. Just watching their the, this back and forth between these two companies, having a lot of fun, is well worth it on Twitter. So I would recommend following these guys on Twitter. But I'm curious about how sales tax works because sales tax in the states should be based on state. But for something like, say, a Switch, if it's online, how does that work? Yeah, I guess because I always used my old Massachusetts address for sales tax. Oh, okay. Because I remember, yeah, when I, because my Nintendo store account is registered to my old apartment in Massachusetts. I think it's the same with my Apple iOS account as well as also registered to this. I just that I have not lived in there for 20 years. Apple doesn't care because I need a U.S. address to use the U.S. iOS store. And maybe you should look into switching it to Jersey because I don't think they have sales tax in Jersey. So That's a fantastic idea. That would be on the list of things to do, but I'm happy to fill the Massachusetts tax chest coffers. Yeah, so I don't know if this is true, but for any of you Switch players out there, if you are dealing with sales tax, maybe try looking into changing your address into a different state and bypassing it. I don't know if that's a possible possibility, but maybe worth looking into. I think that would just depend as well. If you're buying the cards, that would totally work. But if you're using a credit card or a debit card, that wouldn't work. Ah, it would be based on where your credit card is. That makes sense. Yes, yes. But if you're doing a card, you're going to Best Buy and buying it. I buy all these cards, like the U.S. cards from Amazon, right? From some dude who goes to the Best Buy and buys the cards and sells them on Amazon to people outside of the U.S., right? Yeah, you can just go buy a card and then you can totally do what Adam said, which makes total sense. All right, Adam, let's move on to your second story. All right, so my second story is, oops, I had the wrong button there. Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores. What? Why did I forget that? I've been playing that game all week. So Burning Shores came out last Wednesday, and so it's only been out a week. Most people have already beaten it. Oh my gosh, it was less, it was 12 hours since the begin since it had been released on the U.S. East Coast, and already there were spoilers all over Twitter, so what's up with that? I don't know. But anyway, this game is getting review bombed on Metacritic, and I'm going to try my best to avoid spoilers, but it might be hard because it is spoiler related. So basically, there's an event in the game that a lot of people supposedly did not approve of, and as a result, have gone on to Metacritic and have just reviewed bombed this game, 0000. And they're all citing basically this event saying that it's pushing an agenda, and it's inappropriate, and they don't like it. What agenda are they pushing? I'm really curious now. Okay, if you are, if you don't want spoilers on Forbidden West, people, you might want to skip ahead, say, five minutes or so, because I'm going to go a little bit of detail here. So skip ahead five minutes if you want to skip spoilers on Burning Shores. I, I did see the review bombing stuff. I just never, I didn't have time to click on the article, so I'm like, is this like another... Oh, God, I hope this is not like a liberal conservative thing again. Oh, it is. Oh, God. It definitely is. So basically what happens is Aloy kisses a girl or has the option to kiss a girl. As people are saying, some people are trying to use the argument that, oh, hey, it's an option. You can choose whether Aloy is lesbian or not. You can't. The fact is, in the game, it's very clear that Aloy is into this girl. You can choose whether she acts on those feelings or not. But you're not, but Aloy is very much into this character. <laughs> no way around it. So 
A lot of people are saying that they've got a bit of a woke agenda going on, especially considering that this is coming on the heels of The Last of Us, which obviously Ellie is lesbian herself. And then in the show, we have the episode with, I believe his name is Bill, where they have the two gay men who've been basically surviving together for all this time. So a lot of people are claiming that, oh, Sony, this is inappropriate. I don't want to see this. And they are review bombing the game. As a result, now, I've seen a lot of people who are big into console wars calling Sony out on this as well. So I'm wondering how much of this is, I shouldn't say legitimate, but how much of this is actually people who are concerned with this issue and how many of it are people that just want to cause trouble and how many of them are people who just want to bash it because of console wars and this is just an easy target. So I'm not quite sure... How much of this is authentically people complaining about it? I don't know, but people are, and they are starting it. And Metacritic has now said that they are going to start changing their review process or the, was it moderation? They're going to change their moderation a bit to get rid of some of these reviews. And apparently a lot of people, myself included, feel that changing moderation isn't enough. They really should, that review bombing has been a problem for a very long time. And what they really should be doing is similar, like, for instance, on Steam, if you want to rate a game on Steam, you have to own it. It has to be in your library. You can't rate a game you don't own. And so some people are saying that Metacritic should make some sort of requirement where you need to link your Xbox Live account or your PSN or your Steam account. And if you want to rate a game, that version of the game, you have to have an appropriate account linked. Because as it is right now, I could go on and review bomb anything. I don't have to have an Xbox. I can go on and I can review bomb Redfall if I wanted to and just say whatever I want about it. Going on and saying, so going on and saying, okay, we're going to regulate it for hate speech or that sort of thing. Is that really helpful? Because people can just say, oh, this game is terrible. The story is the story is boring and blah, 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 which isn't offensive and still review bomb it. That's not going to fix the review bombing. It's just going to change the comments, right? So I know a lot of people, myself included, feel that they need to change the review process itself because this isn't going to solve the issue. It's going to just address a symptom. So, yeah. Now, for what I will say, actually, I was going to talk a bit about Forbidden West thing as I just played it, but actually, we'll just leave that out. So basically, yeah, it's that's the issue. But even want to take this a step further, I think if... And I know Eddie will probably disagree with this. I think if people are complaining about two girls kissing or two guys kissing or whatever it is, right? I think you should just delete their comment altogether. That's what they're going to do. Not even just on this, like on Steam, sometimes you get like Malaysian issues or I remember like Uganda just passed a law that says, oh, all right, if you're gay in Uganda, you go to jail. So I, I know I've seen on Steam games and The Last of Us, like Uganda people like say, oh, you're pure in Uganda. In the West, you guys are corrupted gay, lesbian agenda and that sort of stuff. That's ridiculous, right? It's love is whatever the hell you want it to be. And I think it's, I was even going to say, they should ban people's Steam or Metacritic or PlayStation account. If you're spewing hate or like ridiculous stuff like that, get out. Like it's, I remember in the States, you have a law called Section 230, which allows providers like Steam, like Sony, like wherever to basically say, hey, yeah, this is our platform. We get to police it how we want to. Yeah. There is no freedom of speech on Steam, on Sony's PlayStation forums, whatever it is, right? It's governed by the US Section 230. So they can say, hey, 
Tom from, I don't know why I said Virginia. <laughs> I'm not going to say Virginia. Tom from Idaho. You said this on the forums. You're banned forever. Screw the amount of money you've spent. You're done. That should be fine. Yeah, no, I agree. I do worry about certain... I agree, it's, a, it's their private platform. They're allowed to do whatever they want. In that regard, I also agree that when Blizzard banned Blitzchung, it was within their rights to do... I don't agree with their choice to do that, and I would argue against them doing that, but I will argue that it's their right. The law protects them to do that. So I do think that from this perspective of Sony and Steam... They have every right to just say, fine, we're going to ban your account or we're going to just silence you or whatever so you can't communicate and you're sending chats anymore. They have every right to do that, yeah. I do always worry about any time that you have one person leasing another person and what they can say and think. I always worry that can be abused, and sometimes it does, as in the Blitzchung incident. That's a risk you have to take. There's no perfect system. Yeah, no, I just think a lot of these people, I know a guy and I think he's a really nice guy and... He does a lot of conservative stuff around this topic as well on YouTube. And he was on, on the company podcast talking about crypto. The dude's doing really well talking about this stuff. But I think I don't see people in that sort of cultural, political thought. Like, how do you think if you guys complain enough that it's eventually going to stop and they're going to stop putting, what is that, homosexual or heterosexual? I can't speak English anymore, like gay or lesbian moments in games and TV. Is society going to reverse the course and babies are going to stop being born gay? No, of course not. It's definitely not changing. So it's ridiculous to complain about that. I was like, oh my God, there's like a frame rate issue or the game is too short or there's a big graphical glitch. In. But no, I thought other people were review bombing it because of what Antoine said about the PS4. Yeah, that is not an issue. That's a very small... Apparently... There are people that feel that way, but it's a very small part of... That's even what I saw when I was looking on Google Trends and looking about the PS4, PS5 issue. It is like in the under 20% complaint range. Yeah, I think part of that is also because people that played it on PS4 are people that are probably... were They're PS4 fans. They were probably planning on picking up a PS5 at some point anyway. Antoine was in that range where he's okay i have a ps4 i i'm primarily a pc gamer now i don't plan on getting a ps5 anytime soon so for people like that they're cut out but i think for your average ps4 fan they're thinking i want a ps5 i want to get a ps5 at some point so this isn't denied to me it's denied to me now but i'm gonna get it sooner or later i'm it's not that big of a deal but i think for that reason it's actually a very small part of the fandom that is bothered by this, but, but I think it's a legitimate complaint, but, uh, but yeah, it is a relatively small group of people that are actually finding issue with that. 